This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free, 100% free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. It couldn't be easier. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris Trapasso here for another episode of the Prospect Podcast. Today is Tuesday, August 25th. Jumping right in today, as I always do, I guess, uh, to some news from yesterday and just going to peek ahead to the future of what I have at cbsports.com um, that's up today and a few articles that I'm going to be doing in the future. Um, yesterday, Curtis Weaver, the Miami Dolphins' fifth-round pick just a few months ago, the edge rusher from Boise State, was waived uh, with an injury designation. Uh, I talked to a few people and a source close to... Curtis Weaver told me that this was not the re-aggravation of a lower leg injury that he had. It kind of plagued him over the second half of the season with the Broncos in 2019. This is a new injury. Um, it's in his foot uh, that there's a problem with a bone in one of his toes. Um <clears throat> So that's really why this happened. This was not because Curtis Weaver uh, wasn't conditioned well or his ankle was still bothering him six, seven months after he suffered that injury last year with Boise State. He was a first-round prospect for me. I compared him to Jerry Hughes before the draft, 6'2", 265, and still clocked a seven-second time in the three cone drill so he is super bendy for his size you saw that on film from his freshman year on ultra productive in the mountain west from that freshman year sophomore year and junior season at boise state a good amount of pass rushing moves nice counter to the inside knows how to use a swim move pretty well swipe move um, i don't think he's an incredible athlete in terms of his explosiveness his first step but man, the way that he can flatten to the quarterback. We'll find out today, I believe. I think it's a one-day waiting period to see if any team claimed Curtis Weaver. Usually when there's a waived injured designation in training camp, there's almost like an unwritten rule that you're not really supposed to pick up a player just to stash him on your injured reserve. But we'll see if the Dolphins were able to retain Curtis Weaver and he is staying on their injured reserve list Um He's done for the season uh, was the word that I got um, from a source close to Curtis Weaver. So we'll have to wait until next year to see if he can ultimately become a Jerry Hughes, Justin Houston type, smaller, compact, or shorter, but compact and very bendy edge rusher. I don't know if he's as refined as both of those edge rushers were once they entered the NFL. But if you look at their combines, they're pretty similar. 
um, in terms of being 6'2 and 265 pounds to clock a seven second time in the three cone drill is super impressive when you're considering not just the weight, not just the 265, but also the height. It's the difference between running a seven second three cone at 6'4, 6'5, 265, and 6'2. He's squatty. Um, I like that he can get underneath um, offensive tackles. Uh, and drive them backward, although he's not incredibly powerful because of his low center of gravity. I think Curtis Weaver um, will be able to eventually, once he gets on the field and he gets a clean bill of health, push back NFL offensive tackles and then use his outside speed rush, his bend, which is his calling card. It's, it's really his trump card. Um, and the uh, arsenal of pass rushing moves that he has to be a good edge rusher in the NFL. So we'll have to wait for at least a year to see him back on the field. Um, one other bit of news yesterday that North Dakota State setting up somewhat of a showcase game for quarterback Trey Lance. Uh, with coronavirus running rampant, I don't think it's the best um, idea, but most likely in North Dakota. I haven't <clears throat> checked any rates recently, but <clears throat> I doubt that the coronavirus rates are very high in North Dakota at this point. It is being played in the Fargo Dome uh, up there in Fargo, North Dakota. So um, it's not as dangerous as doing it somewhere else, but they are playing central Arkansas. And I think more in the South, we're still seeing a problem with coronavirus. Um, I'm sure these teams are following protocols and, and, and trying to be as safe as possible. Um, I don't really know if it's necessary. I mean, I, I'm glad that we're going to see it and I don't know how much it's going to move the needle for Trey Lance because even though he only averaged about 20 pass attempts per game last season, uh, I was very impressed and I went in not being quite sure um, what to think because there was certainly Carson Wentz um, and then after him, there was a lot of hype initially for Easton Stick. I never really saw it with him. He got picked in the sixth round by the Chargers. He's playing wide receiver now. Um, so I thought, okay, this is a very prestigious program. They continually win uh, national championships on the FCS level. Is this just people trying to create the next Carson Wentz when it's not really there? Um, I think he's considerably more talented <clears throat> and has a brighter NFL future than Easton Stick had um, just as a prospect. Again, didn't see 500, 600 attempts last season or even 400, um, but I liked what I saw from Trey Lance in that he has a very quick release. Um, well, actually, at times his release has a little hitch to it. It's a little bit unusual, but the ball does kind of jump out of his hands. That's kind of what I was the point that I was trying to uh, get across. Very accurate, short, intermediate, and down the field. There was a ton of bucket throws where uh, he put the ball right in stride deep and these are not 25 30 yard deep balls these were 40 50 55 yard deep balls he has a strong arm for having kind of a weird delivery um and i don't think it's it's philip rivers it's not sam darnold it's not byron leftwich um but it doesn't look supernatural but the ball does jump out of his hand so that's what's probably most important um you would like to see a, a more clean fundamentally sound release from him but however he throws a football he has a very strong arm for for not being the biggest you know he's not 6'5 245 he's he's not a Cam Newton Carson Wentz type quarterback in terms of size or Josh Allen type um, but he's plenty big enough he's well over six foot well over 200 pounds uh, and there's loads of athleticism with him that I think in that North Dakota State offense they asked Trey Lance to hand off the football a lot. They knew they had a good defense. They had a good offensive line, good running backs. Um, that 
they were going to mostly control the clock. They didn't completely, um, you know, keep the ball out of his hands. But again, if you're throwing it around 20 times a game in today's NFL or in college, you're not really a pass-heavy offense. Um, so I think that played into the fact that Trey Lance had no interceptions last year, threw 28 touchdowns, ran for a bunch as well. Um, there were times on film where I would see him look to that first read, it wasn't there, would maybe glance to the second read and then take off and run. I think that's the area that he needs to get better at um, is getting through his reads quicker and trusting that if his first read is not there um, or maybe even if his second read is not there that he can get to that third read to make plays. But I like the fact that he is a smooth athlete. I don't know. I mean, he's not going to be Lamar Jackson, um, but I think he fits the mold of the modern-day young quarterback Patrick Mahomes type where he's going to be able to make plays with his feet if he needs to or if he needs to pick up a third and seven and all of his wide receivers are blanketed he has enough juice and enough springiness in his lower half to pick up eight nine yards uh, so I, I think he looks like the modern day quarterback I don't know again if it's going to move the needle if he if he has a big game in this uh, showcase outing against Central Arkansas. I mean, obviously, North Dakota State usually doesn't have a lot of big name schools on their schedule, um, but it will, you know, showcase his left tackle, Dylan Radins, who's getting some hype as a maybe a first rounder. I kind of see him more on day two, um, and just any of the other players that might get that might eventually or ultimately get a look in an NFL training camp. Uh, so that's just interesting that it's kind of unprecedented. Obviously, the situation we're in with coronavirus and then to have North Dakota State's conference cancel its schedule um, or its season in the fall, but then for North Dakota to say we're going to play one game um, against Central Arkansas. There was something in the article um, on Yahoo Sports that said that it will allow uh, North Dakota State to practice more during the season. Um, so that's good for the players. That's good for Trey Lance. Um, he really has all the tools. I think um, if Jordan Love just went in the first round, um, We've seen quarterbacks that aren't super refined and aren't super polished but have the tools go in the first round over the past couple drafts. I, I think that Trey Lance, even coming from North Dakota State, the FCS level, has the raw talent to be a first-round pick, and he's not super unrefined. There are the precision that he shows as a passer at all levels, good decision-making. He's didn't. There was a few times where I saw him on film uh, have some throws where interceptions were dropped, um, but not a high amount of turnover-worthy plays on his film. Um, at times could maybe hold the ball a little bit too long again when he didn't wasn't the quickest processor um, of getting through his reads, but I do think for being someone that was a pretty young starter last season, uh, there was a lot to like on film. I think he's going to ultimately go in the first round. I'm going to get to even more of his film hero over the next couple of weeks and really dig in because quarterbacks, I think with almost every other position, three, four, five, six games, you have a really good idea of, of the type of player a running back is, a linebacker, a corner. Quarterbacks, I, I like to watch as much film as possible. Um, and I really like to watch as much film as possible for all the prospects, but I think you can get away with seeing the traits in three or four or five games for other positions. But quarterbacks, you really like to see the entire body of work. Um, so Trey Lance will be the X factor, the, the wild card of this quarterback class that's certainly headlined by Trey or by um, 
Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Um, there's a few others, Kellen Mann, Brock Purdy from um, Iowa State, Tanner Morgan, Minnesota. Um, it's pretty hot, top-heavy right now, but I think Trey Lance could be that third quarterback that doesn't just get picked in the last few selections of round one, but could ultimately go in the top half of the first round because the talent is there with his arm and with his legs. Um, and then up today on Wednesday, on Tuesday, CBSSports.com, I just wrote a top 10 ranking of the young offensive cores in the NFL. And of course, a lot of these cores are, are not going to necessarily stay together for the next set seven to 10 years. Some of the shelf lives of the running back position, the tight end spot are, are not even that long and There'll certainly be some salary cap decisions that these teams will have to make. But just right now, starting with a young quarterback that weighed the heaviest when I was considering where teams were placed in these rankings, teams with a young quarterback starting, which teams right now have the best group of young players? It's all quarterbacks who are entering no later than their fifth year in the NFL. I still consider that a young quarterback. Wide receivers and tight ends entering no later than their fourth year in the NFL. And running backs, because it does have a shorter shelf life, running backs that are entering no later than their third year in the NFL. So look for that. Um, there's The NFC East is very well represented. Um, if you think off the top of your head, uh, which this is kind of what I did, I, I had a pretty obvious team at number one initially and then I was like wow I completely glossed over this young upstart team that there's a lot of uncertainty but loads of talent at quarterback at running back wide receiver and tight end uh, so check that out and then on Thursday I'll have a piece uh, on similar to what I did last week with ranking the rookie wide receivers based on their 2020 impact uh, and that's a combination of their talent, how I view them as a prospect, and then what we've heard over the first week or so at training camps, the buzz that they've created um, or maybe not created uh, to move them up and down rankings of just immediate impact, not how good they're going to be in their careers just in 2020. I'm going to do that with the running back position. Rookie running backs, again, a combination of how I viewed them, their overall talent, um, Probably where they were picked because I think teams like to prioritize giving a bigger opportunity or more of an opportunity to early draft picks and then really factoring in the new information of what these running backs have done early on in camp to maybe push themselves down a depth chart or up a depth chart to maybe move into a role where they're going to see the football more frequently than we thought even three or four months ago when they were selected. All right, that'll do it today. A little bit of a shorter podcast. I'm Chris Trapasso. Thank you for listening. This was the Prospect Podcast.